You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Tiffany Rufino. I am here with the Nike to my Adidas, Jeff Rufino. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Oh, I um, knew you were going to do that. I knew I was going to do that, too. Oh, and we need like a drum. I actually regretted it as it was coming out, but Thank now goodness. as I think about it, I'm actually glad I did it. Don't do it again. Please. Now you're giving me an incentive to do it every single time. I'm volunteering you. Please don't do that again. <laughs> uh, so thank you for being with us. We are super, super duper excited because our number of listeners like quadrupled last episode and it keeps growing and growing more than we ever anticipated after coming back and we are super thankful and grateful that you are tuning in and sharing the podcast don't forget to subscribe so you can be updated on the latest episodes especially as we start doubling up on them what and when we start going live on tiktok what Yes, and all the great things. And we just joined iHeartRadio, which is exciting. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for supporting the Great to Greater journey. And if you'd like, you can catch up on our older episodes uh, when we were the Other Side Enterprise. They are still there. They're just listed under the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rafino. But thank you once again. We appreciate you all. And we're just super excited for the growth, but also for helping individuals businesses and just careers in general or uh you know life changes with anybody that we can through either the podcast or through the business or however however we can give back to the world we're excited to be doing it and so thank you for being a part of it it's really good to be behind the microphone again um i really missed doing the podcast so that now that we have a schedule and you know, a cadence, and that there are people listening makes me happy, makes my soul, as they say, sing. And Jeff will be doing uh, personal bedtime story readings starting, when did you say, September? Yes. Is that another <laughs> voluntold <kidding>. situation? <laughs> it's been requested that uh, people like Jeff's voice, so they just want to have a podcast of him reading like the encyclopedia or whatever it may be because it's soothing. Keep playing with me. I'll read some Samuel L. Jackson bedtime stories. <laughs> That'll be on another uh, another <laughs> podcast. So before we go into today's topic, we just want to, um, oh, what's the corporate phrase? Circle back. We want to circle back <sighs> to last week's episode where we discussed being caught on camera and social media. There were a couple people that reached out to me regarding a couple of situations and thoughts about the podcast, which was super exciting. So don't forget that you can reach out to me on um, TikTok. Uh, and Jeff will give you my TikTok handle in just a moment because it's on a piece of paper in front of you that you probably just pushed away. Mm -hmm. It's the underscore IO underscore shrink. Um, <laughs> Tried to throw you under the bus there. I just got my CDL license. <laughs> yeah, my memory worked for a little bit, so I don't have the... Uh, I don't have the paper, but I can remember things. Are you sure you got it right? Who remember? Yeah. I who? literally put it in front of you. Where would it go? I don't know, but who remembers anything these days is my thought. Well, that's the thing. If you don't remember anything, then how are you going to remember my TikTok handle? I tap on it on my phone. When but I you see don't your have face. it right in front of you. 
this is this is life right now. Okay, so one of the situations about being caught on um, social media, uh, a couple of things are missing from this question, but I'll go ahead and generalize the question, and then we'll address the things that uh, we would need to know in order to really give a concrete answer. The situation was that this person's coworker, um, his their Facebook got hacked and ultimately there was a political post that was posted on their Facebook and their company that they worked for um, brought them into human resources and wanted that person to sign paperwork saying that they would never post anything again uh, because of the relationship the work relationship this person had with the with the company um, the employee got them to change the wording in the document and instead, he signed saying that um, that he understood that he didn't actually make the post, but uh, you know, he, not that he wouldn't ever post on social media again. He just wouldn't post anything that was uh, controversial in that sense again. Um, he still got reprimanded because he got a write-up for it. He just changed the wording in it. So. The person wants to know what our thoughts were in that scenario, and I'm trying to be uh, just very cognizant of the privacy part of this because this wasn't, A, it wasn't the person um, that was involved. B, they don't want their name or the company to be associated. So uh, that's why I'm being very <laughs> aware of how I word this. The things that come to mind for me with this situation is that there should be policies in place when you are employed with a company if you are employed with the company at the time something is around so like in 1997 the internet wasn't as big as it is now so i wouldn't expect really the company to have any policies around what i put on social media because social media wasn't really a thing yet i don't even think myspace was that huge at that point i think it was all what AIM. like aol yeah, yeah like that sort of thing so you know in, now, in this period of time, I would expect an organization to have a policy on social media. And, and if not, then in this scenario, I do think they did the right thing in addressing it in a timely matter. However, um, if, if the employee knew that they got hacked, um, I think it depends on what their social media represents. Do did they have a social media that represented themselves as an employee of that company and it was a professional page or was it a personal page uh, that just happened to have this political post on there and employees just happened to be friends with that person on there and saw it um, was the company tagged in the post um, you know what's the company policy around posting or around you uh, recognizing that you're a part of this company I think there's a lot of variables that are in place there. I also think that when you are a third party repeating a story, sometimes the original story that's given to you can be fluffed uh, based on emotions. So you won't believe what they did. They wanted me to say I would never ever do this again and all this other stuff when eh, maybe the wording was a little bit different and less harsh than is presented to you as being vented to as a friend. Um, so th there's different pieces to that. Ultimately, I think the big thing here is that you should know what the company's policy is on social media and what your responsibility is if you are associating with the company in any frame of mind, or I'm sorry, in any frame or post that you're putting out there. 
uh, just like on Facebook, you could say like the places that you've worked or on LinkedIn or on TikTok or on Instagram, that sort of thing. Um, if you don't want your company associated with it, then your, your social media should be private so it's not public um, in that case. Or you should have a separate professional page and a separate personal page and just make sure that the people that are associated with that are kept sep separated. Um, and then if it's not defined uh, with the company, like if they don't have a policy on it and they do bring you into the office to discuss something that was controversial, I think it, it warrants a conversation, right? So they're doing the right thing by having the conversation with you and, and having communication around what the intention was, but also what should be permitted moving forward. Um, and then just having documentation that, yeah, we, t we discussed this and this is what we decided and agreed on moving forward. I think that's the right thing to do. I don't think it's fair for an organization to expect an employee to never, ever again post on social media of any kind in the future while employed with this business. Uh, I think that's not realistic. And uh, I think that's kind of not kind of, I think that's actually like impeding on your personal rights uh, in that sense. So yeah, I would say absolutely no to that. But like I said, there are, there are certain things on there that I'm just, I still have questions on to give a full answer, but just based on the general information I was given, that's kind of where I stand on it. Any thoughts? Um, one thing that jumps out at me is that this employee is saying that they are si uh, being asked to sign something that's telling them to agree to do something, which implies to me that they hadn't already agreed to do that. And for a person like me, if you're going to tell me don't anything, whether it's don't eat chicken anymore, don't post on social media, anything that an employer is going to tell me that wasn't part of my, my life prior to, it warrants a very different type of conversation, and that has to do with, well, what, what am I getting in exchange for this new behavior? For whether I'm not doing something, which I'm very likely permitted to do, like who's not permitted to go on social media, they, they need to really make it clear, and, um, and or something that I'm going to do now that's in addition to my... Um, my current employment. Do you think that responsibility grows bigger with the role that you have in the organization, like as a leader or, uh, you know, as you go into senior executive leadership and things like that, does the responsibility weigh differently? Um, I think that it's the responsibility of the organization to be very clear about what they want a person to do if they're going to pay that person to do a thing. And it and it grows more so for the organization the higher you go. See, here's where I have a challenge with that. And I know that our topic today is not about this, but you're inspiring. This is actually going to make a good segue, though, because we're talking about like this. This is actually talking about an organization wanting somebody to do something different than what they did yesterday. Yes. OK, so that goes to what I was going to share. So let's say I'm with a business or I'm employed with a business for years Right. And I've built up connections on social media because of the amount of time I've been with this company. And because I grew in my roles with the organization, um, 
you know, my, my status has changed, but my connections just c- continue to grow with the networking that I've made with people. So having to then go ahead and change, like if I started out as an employee, like frontline, and I made all these connections and relationships, and now I've built my uh, social media up to like 5,000 plus followers, and I've been posting the same things from day one that I'm posting through now. Nothing controversial mm-hmm. in my eyes, right? But maybe it has to do with um, a little bit of my beliefs. Maybe it's religious beliefs. Maybe it's just about like friendships or things like that. But nothing that is um, not inclusive, not diverse or anything that way. Just what I've always been and who I am true to myself. And now the organization is saying, well, you know, you can't really have stuff like that on your page because of your role and your influence. For me to go ahead and change and create a new profile and like all to have a professional one when people want to want me to be transparent and be who I am. And now they're like, Oh, now I have to connect with this person professionally because they don't want to see my personal life. And then it becomes a whole thing of this person, like something's going on. They're either leaving the company, like it starts rumors. It starts breaking relationships because people overthink. It just becomes a huge problem for the one employee versus what, um, you know, the business is asking of them to do without any help or guidance or saying, hey, partner up with our social media. We'll help you with the professional part of it or we'll provide you with a professional and, page. And that change, like you, you hit the nail on the head, if that change, having like, say, 5,000 followers, 50,000 followers, going from that to changing to now having to split it up and lose that engagement, if you want me to make that change, that change has attached to it a value maybe the value is something monetary like you're gonna pay me more because now you want me to be deeper entrenched in my relationship with the company or maybe it has to do with a consideration somewhere else you're going to give me better leads or you know something it has a value and so i think that's the crux of that conversation because if if the post was egregious enough for you to lose your employment, then you would have lost your employment. The fact that it isn't means that somebody in the company wants to safeguard themselves. And if they didn't already and they want to change their relationship, just it's it's an age old adage. Know your worth and know your value. Mm hmm. And then um, going back to the, the example that I gave about the therapist, the clinical therapist that went ahead and made a Twitter post um, mm-hmm. going, really the Twitter post was suggesting that men get men, seek mental health because of how many complaints she receives from her clients in the way that men are in relationships. And she was targeting a specific audience and that sort of thing. And when she's not in a clinical setting and she's on her social media, she speaks as though she's speaking to like her friends. You know, it's not like professional language by any means. Most of it is said in a jestful way, but the intention behind what she's saying is there. And she wasn't, in in my opinion, she wasn't saying anything derogatory about men or about anybody that she was speaking to in any of her posts. She was being very straightforward and speaking uh, very like if I was one-on-one hanging with my friend having drinks, uh, you know, with that kind of verbiage and things like that. And so that's uh, ultimately what ended up 
getting her canceled, getting her fired, getting people uh, threatening to come to her home and, and, you know, that sort of thing. Even though she made an apology video before she even got fired um, because of the comments and feedbacks that she had. Anyway, this brought it to another conversation on another platform. Um, and so I posted the video and posted my TikTok response. I, I stitched the video. And so uh, a couple of the comments that I got on there is that, you know, um, a, a person commented on there that if you disparage your employer, you can ensure that you have a job loss and that this person wouldn't want someone working for them who is trashing me or my company on social media. And I said, and granted, this person did say without knowing the whole of what she said, because it's only a clip of the stitch. So I gave her more information on what the situation was. And uh, the response was, in the age of social media, one must always be aware of the followers and what message is being sent. If the company is listed on your current place of work on their profile, which is what we just discussed, it doesn't take a whole lot to put two and two together. Um, they think that people have become careless with words on social media and that there's consequences. And so then I asked this person, kind of similar to the previous conversation we just had, if your employer wanted you to sign a document saying you will not be a part of any social media, would you sign? And I thought this was a great po point. Um, the response was, I suppose that depends on whether I'm working a job or pursuing a career. If I'm working a job, I'd probably walk and find another. If I'm passionate about the career and I have a strong desire to be part of that company, then I would respect the request. And I thought that was interesting because I still think that's a sacrifice for your personal time mm -hmm. um, in order to get the career that you want. And I was about to give a She-Hulk uh, spoiler, so I'm not going to just in case people haven't watched yet. So let me step away from that one. I was so close to just saying it. Um, but it's just um, this segues into our next topic, right? So it goes right into the new trend. And I'm very exasperated. Is that the word for this? Because I I'm, think that's I think that's accurate. That's probably accurate. I I'm exasperated. I don't want to say I'm annoyed, but I am that this is even a, a talking point. And I will be on my soapbox about this. But we're going to discuss quiet quitting. And I think her point of uh, the sacrifice that she would make if it's a career versus a job, as opposed to going somewhere that accepts you as a whole. Uh, is a good transition point into talking about quiet quitting and why it's a trend right now. So before we do that, let me go into, I pulled this up because I thought this was very interesting. Not everybody knows what quiet quitting means. Okay, so according to verywellmind.com, the trend of quiet quitting has been rising in popularity on TikTok, which is basically what a lot, what a lot of the definitions are. Uh, there hasn't been one person that we have found that has defined quiet quitting, but it's rising in popularity on TikTok and social media in recent weeks. It doesn't actually involve quitting a job. Oh, this next part makes me mad. But it requires doing less at work, perhaps refusing to work overtime or answer emails outside of work hours. <clears throat> if you haven't, uh, if you couldn't hear it, those are gritted teeth. Like, the more I read it, the angrier I get at it. Okay, and so then the LA Times, why is it called quiet quitting? Supposedly, the term was coined by a TikTok user 
who advised followers to stop subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life and that your worth as a person is not defined by your labor. Though in the TikTok, he says he recently learned about the term, so plainly he is not the inventor. So we haven't dug into the inventor, but we're really digging into what the term is. And I just want to see this real quick. if the New York Times will let me, probably not. I'll just say while you're looking at that that I don't think we're gonna find the inventor. This seems to be like we we did some research let before me we find did this that episode. <laughs> um, it looks like this is one of those kind of uh, tribal knowledge terms that has gone through, you know, just the grapevine as the trend happens. Somebody may have said it to somebody else. It's like a lot of terms that we use every day that don't really have an etymology and so i'll just leave that there but i am curious what part of this is it that gets you riled up (laughs) well first of all i think one of the biggest things that i just saw kevin o'leary from shark tank uh who you know maybe brilliant in his areas of business i'm i'm not a huge fan of how he works on Shark Tank, but the fact that I agree with him on quiet quitting is the dumbest idea I've ever heard is, uh, <laughs> says the first thing of why I'm annoyed. Um, all these titles, Gen Z didn't coin quiet quitting, Gen X did. I tried quiet quitting before it was cool and regretted it ever since. The backlash against quiet quitting is getting loud. So does quiet quitting work? What managers should know about quiet quitting? There's something better than quiet quitting. It's not overextending at your work. Here's why it matters. Oh, my God. Okay, so it's not a new concept, all right? People were signed up for a job that they expected to work a certain amount of hours. It's a contract between employer and employee. This is what we expect of you as the employer. The employee says, okay, here's what I expect as far as, like, the benefits. And then you go, okay, yay, we agree. And so then the employee starts... The employer starts stretching the employee for things like, oh, hey, this came up, this came up, this came up. Are you able to do this? And starts piling on either due to a shortage of employees or because they've had a bunch of turnover or because they're not paying people what they're worth or because their reputation went downhill because of how much they overworked their workers. And now the person that is there is expected to do all this stuff. And because they're only providing the work that they signed on to do, now they're not a team player. Now they're not the employee that's passionate about their job or doing something that looks good for their future. They're just the employee that comes in, works their job, and leaves. And the audacity that they have to do that when that's what they signed up for. But the employer expects so much more. And yet the same situation, should the employee go to the employer and be like, hey, okay, yeah, I did those things that you asked. I went ahead and I I went for it because it looks good for my future. Or I went ahead and did that extra project. Or yeah, I worked like 90 hours in a week during the holidays and you know, even during my vacation and I did all this stuff because we were short staffed. So now that I've provided all this work and here's the benefits and here's the results, I'm coming to you for a raise. And they're like, oh yeah, no, it's not raise time. Sorry, need you to go. But it's the employee that looks bad, not the employer. The employee walks away saying, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Because they need the job more than they think the employer needs them, which is really in reverse. And that's where the balance starts getting skewed and the mindset starts getting skewed. That's where burnout happens. That's where expectations 
are not clearly communicated and employees have a hard time creating boundaries with their employer because they feel like they're pigeonholed into that, especially if it's something that's a career for them, right? So the person that I shared that with the social media thing, yeah, I'd give up all my social media and agree not to post ever again because this is a career for me. That's the wrong mindset. Your employer should not have that hold on you like that. So those are my first thoughts. Um, yes. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. And I agree with, I'm going to say most, if not all of it, um, to the extent that we're, we know we're generalizing, right? They, not every employer is just taking, 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 and not giving back. And not every employee is like, well, I just want to come in and do my job and then just go home. Um, but I look at it as if you have a, a workforce of 100 people and you've got two people that just want to come in at nine and leave at five, that's what those two people want to do. It shouldn't really be a negative. It should just be that that's what they want to do, right? If the rest of your workforce is doing overtime and doing extra and doing whatever, there must be, it, it, it's, to me, it's almost a rule that there is something that that business is doing that is causing that environment to happen. It may not always be a good thing. And that's where kind of like this trend comes from because everybody has a breaking point. But if you are a good employer, and by good, I mean if you are recognizing that for everything that you take in, there's something that you have to give out then you can probably get that kind of energy in your workforce in perpetuity. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there because I think that the more we do our podcasts and, and the more we dig in, I'm discovering that the service industry is a separate entity from other businesses, right? So when you think about um, when you say like the employer is expected to do more you know if they're asking more sometimes the employer is the customer right so if it's a doctor or a nurse you know you're there you're ready to go home and then all of a sudden knock on wood a catastrophe happens and you know like a whole busload comes in of people that were injured at, at a concert or something like that mm-hmm. you're no longer it's not like hey can you work overtime like you signed up to save lives and that's that's part of your responsibility in that sense right and so um when it's in a situation like that i'm not necessarily well versed and i'd love to hear from people in the medical field on how does that work with overtime because i know also what i do know of the medical field is that you're only allowed to work a certain amount of hours before you do have to take a break like you do have to take a day off because lives are at risk and so is your health right we'd rather have you healthy and and on point. So uh, anybody in that field, please share your your thoughts um, on that and or at least educate us on what the expectations are. I think the same thing goes and how they've changed over the last obviously over the last two years. Yeah, with everything going on. Um, And then I would think drivers too, truck drivers or commercial drivers or um, taxi, Lyft, Uber, that there's a certain amount amount of hours that you're allowed to work before you can't um, work like I, I have friends that are that have their CDL license and they can only drive for a certain period of time before they have to like plug in and stop and that's all tracked and monitored. Um, 
when it comes to the corporate office, uh, you know, people might say, wow, you, you know, quote unquote, Pete works really hard. He comes in at like 5 a.m. and he doesn't leave until like 8 p.m. and he's always here and he's like taking a nap under the desk and, and that sort of thing. Um, but does that then become the standard and does it become from the leader? Why can't you all be more like Pete? Look at how dedicated Pete is to his job and yet Pete is like, you know, the guy from Office Space. Like, have you seen my stapler? Like, he has, he's always there and he's always doing his work, but he never gets the recognition and he never gets the pay for it. And what is he doing it for? Is it a time management issue or is he getting inundated with stuff because the leadership doesn't want to do it? I will say that eventually the guy from Office Space with the stapler burned the whole place down. Um, so <laughs> I'm not saying burn anything you pirates. We're not condoning that, but uh, as an example. <laughs> or like, suggesting it, does, it or like, yeah. It, we're, we're just saying that it, everybody has a point. Is the flair worth it? That's what we're saying. Is yeah. the flair worth it? And for me, I think that if you as an employer, I'm going to give you an example. One of my family members recently changed jobs and um, at their previous place of employment, they um, it wasn't the industry that they wanted to work in, but they were there for um, an extended period of time and they have children and every time that they had something going on with their kids, their employer was like, go be with your family, whether it was something school related, whether it was some sort of event, whether it was some sort of anything, right? So when it came time for my family member to change jobs, they went above and beyond in handing off their work. And I mean, they stayed even after they quit to train the next person. And they did it for next to nothing. Um, I don't even know if they, if they got paid. Um, and that's because there was a give and take there. That employer had uh, their back for the entirety of their, their stay there. So they said, you know what? I, I'm gonna feel horrible if I just walk away and leave them in the lurch because I have such a big role in this company. That's really what it should be. And it wasn't like an expectation from the employer that they stay behind and, and train. It was, it just came, right? Um, I think that should be the norm. You know, if you as an employee want to do above and beyond, great. Um, should it be a condition for you to move up? I don't know. I mean, it can, it can't, it can help. It shouldn't be a condition, but like, it's very difficult nowadays for employers to know, hey, is this person going to be a good fit for this next role that they haven't had a chance to do? So it could help to maybe show a little bit of what you can do in the next role that you want. But it, again, it shouldn't be a requirement and it shouldn't be a negative on you if you're doing the job that you're expected to do. Yeah, but the truth is, is that leaders are going to look at the people that go above and beyond first for that promotion. Of course. And then it's setting an, a standard for, okay, well, the next promotion is even bigger, so we're going to expect a little bit like more from you and so it does you don't it's the dangling carrot right so it it doesn't stop it keeps growing growing and until you get to the point where you're just exhausted and burnt out and i think the uh reason why people should or employees should decide 
what they want to contribute and how often they want to contribute should be based on their personal ROI, like you talked about. Are they gaining knowledge from what they're doing or are they taking on the minor tasks that they've already done before that it's the stuff that nobody else wants to do, right? And then to that point, you have other companies that like we have um, a mutual friend that is currently hiring and the hiring pool is not great right now for what they're looking for. And so at this point, it's like if you have a little bit of knowledge and you don't come in inebriated or you you can pass the drug test and the background test, you know, we'll just figure out how to invest all the time in training you. Like now it's not even like skill, it's do you pass the breathing test? And, you know, if you could breathe, then you could work and, and we're going to hire you. Um, and so for those people, it's, you know, it's different than the other ones that give their all. And like, hey, some people just are really passionate about what they do and, and they have like a different kind of work ethic and that's what they enjoy doing. And that's their distraction in life or that's their passion in life. And kudos to you. Like, absolutely go for it. I've been there. Absolutely. I had... Um, it's funny because the advice that you give other people sometimes, like it doesn't hit you all the time until someone repeats yeah. it back to you. I had somebody repeat this back to me, um, <clears throat> but advice I had given a couple of friends, um, they weren't happy in their role. And so I was kind of talking through like their unhappiness and they were burnt out and there was like so much on their plate and they were so overwhelmed and, um, you know, I asked why they stayed in in the role. Like, what? Why do you stay in the role? Like, can you step out of the role and do something that's less stressful? Um, do you want to go to another company? Do you, you know what is it that you want to do that's going to make you feel less stressed? And the biggest thing that I hear all the time is that they stay with a company that they're with because of health insurance, right? Because everybody wants to be protected. They want to have some sort of benefits, that sort of thing, right? And I said. Okay, and because I'm very close with this person and, and the other person that I spoke with, I, I could get into this detail. It, it wasn't like a, a work conversation where I was hired for them. And I asked them, um, well, let's talk through the health insurance, like what's going on with your health. And we really dug deep into it. And every single health uh, ailment that they had was related to work, really due to stress. And, and that was from their doctor. And so the medicine that they needed was due to stress, uh, you know, to take care of them, to keep their energy up, to keep them from not feeling wow. a certain type of way. And so I said, you're staying at a job for the health insurance to pay for the medicine that keeps you alive to keep doing this job. That's that's very eye opening. That's it, that's actually kind of crazy when you spin it around. It, it, it is. And, um, you know, and that it it touches a little bit and I'm, you know, I'm already uh, fired up about this, about the school loan thing, right? That people are going ahead and they're busting their butts to get a minimum salary that doesn't even cover the monthly payment of their student loans. And, you know, they're just working around in circles based on a degree that they got that they were requir required to have for the career that they were passionate about, yet it's not paying enough. And it's not because of years of experience or anything else. It's just not paying enough. You'd be surprised. College professors, like if you're working in a university local here in Florida, they're starting at 40000 a year for a master's degree for a full time where you go in and it's not even a hybrid job. you got to travel like an hour and a half to this place to go ahead and teach kids, half of which are even in there because they like doing the 
internet classes, right? And that's not even going to touch your student loans. And so, um, yeah, a little bit passionate about that, but it's a, a vicious cycle. And so here's why quiet quitting, going back to quiet quitting, annoys me is because, uh, you know, in a past life, we used to call it, uh, you can't stay and quit, right? You can't keep working here until you find something else and mentally not be here. Well, who am I to tell you if you're mentally here or not? Like, I, you may not have mentally been here since even before you were here. Like, that's not my business to decide. <laughs> um, you know, I do expect the behaviors of the role that you are employed in. Uh, but for me to expect you to go above and beyond at no benefit to you like that's audacity right there, right? Like, you know, just because I have the qualifications or because I'm able to, or because I'm skilled at it, doesn't mean that I have to go and do it. I signed a contract to do this job. I agreed to do it at this time. Should things change, then I need a different contract. And then I'll decide then if I want to go ahead and abide by that contract. Um, I often say, and I may have said it even on Here's the other thing. I'm sorry. Why Go do ahead. we have to label stuff? Why do we have to? Is it just so we remember, like, you know, the periods, like the Renaissance era and all this stuff? Why does it have to be the great resignation or the quiet quitting period or, like, all this all this stuff? Like, it's not new. It's not new. People have been doing their nine to fives. People have left jobs because they expected more or because they felt burnt out from everything that was being asked of them or because they were doing their job and their manager's job and the manager took credit for it. I mean, this has happened all the time, but it, everything has to be labeled something so that people can follow a trend. It's not like it's not a trend. It's you're either going in and you're doing the job that you were assigned for or you're going in for your career and you know you're you're building your life and you're building your career and working for it. I think quote unquote quiet quitting. No, that's not what it's called. That's called a job. But if you're not quiet quitting, that's called a career. Like period. That's what it is. Even you know what? I even even if it is a career I, I don't like the term because for the for some similar reasons of what you do, but I always say that the value your value to a business is what people the things that you do that people would miss if you stopped doing them. <clears throat> and over the last I want to say thirty close to forty years, there's been a trend in a lot of businesses to create this uniformity. Um, to make data entry that used to be very difficult make it easy to make the service industry very uniform but very cookie cutter and very easy like anybody could do it yes anybody could step in and just replace you and that is that lowers the entry level bar and there are certain things like everybody who's listening to this podcast has been to a restaurant and they and they've been helped by a waiter They've been served by a waiter that, or a waitress that is, that has a, a really great personality and makes the whole experience special. Everybody has gone to a, um, even a place where you might do your taxes. You could run into somebody who's just a nice person to be around, has a lot of character, and makes something so mundane as just filling in your your uh, 1040 
something that you're like, oh, you know, that, that wasn't horrible. That was actually kind of fun. You can't teach that, right? And if somebody, if the system was created by the business for even all the way up to a C-level person to just kind of be able to go through their motions, check off a box of a whole bunch of deliverables and have it done, right? The, the stuff that that person brings to the table that's extra, there's a value to that. And you could have, you know, an entire workforce of drones. That's what quiet quitting is. And so if you pay for that, if you pay for just a minimal thing, that's what you're going to get, um, unfortunately. And what then ends up happening, I know for me, when I feel like I can't inject my my personality, my character, my any kind of innovative thing that I have into my job, that's when it's time to start looking somewhere else. What I'm thinking of is that when you give the minimum as a leader, you're going to get the minimum from your employees or just like the standard. And in kind of like having flashbacks of my 25-year <clears throat> career in working, I think about leaders and managers, both that I've had, and I think about the ones that I like ran away from and the ones that, you know, I cried when they left or that, you know, even if I got uh, promoted and left their department and, you know, how sad I was because I loved working with them. And the biggest difference is that the ones that I wanted to stay with forever were the ones that taught me. They were the ones that weren't afraid to teach me their job, to teach me different areas or different skill sets. They weren't afraid to mentor me in the role, in relationships in the workplace, in relationships in the professional world. Uh, they weren't afraid to take a chance on me and to be patient with me as I learned, even if it was a new skill set, and they pushed me outside my boundaries. And the ones that took credit for work of others, not only mine, but of others, uh, and didn't even think behind the doors, you know, like they expected you to do something miraculous and then when it came time to uh, explain it or show it off they they took it as their own um, that's a story for another day <clears throat> or they ordered you around you know I think managers should manage paperwork and they should lead people so if they just treated you like a checklist did this person do this did they do this did they do that okay you worked your time you're, it's time for you to go um, or they pushed you to do as much as you could in the time period allotted or companies that um, take away your overtime the more you work overtime like the more hours that you give they start paying you less have you yeah. heard that special mm -hmm. uh, little treat there yeah um, those are the companies that like I couldn't wait to escape from the companies that when you had something devastated a devastating happen and then they tell you uh, okay well if you're leaving today I need you to come in tomorrow to make it up like that sort of situation where they're not like, hey, are you okay? What can we do? How can we help you? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's what makes me want to do more is for the people that are equally balanced. And so as a leader, there was a scenario that I um, had the pleasure of uh, working with a dynamic group. And it was a very large group that... Half of them had 
a lot of tenure. Some of them were promoted into the role brand new. They were coming off of um, leadership that didn't fit their style. So I was taking over this group. Well, not taking over, but I was placed in charge of leading them to greater things, right? And so I, I knew in my mind as a leader, and this is this was my mindset, I'm going to teach every single person in this room my job. I'm going to teach them exactly what's expected of me. There's going to be full transparency where I'm allowed to give it, but I'm going to grow them in all different ways um, because I want somebody in this room to take my place so that I can go and grow and do other things and lead more people to greatness and teach them too. I just wanted to continue to teach people and I wanted to grow as many people as I could. That was my intention. And knowing that and knowing that we were coming up on the holidays, one of the things that I did, now, uh, mind you, I am and I'm just terrible at holiday cards. I'm good on birthday cards with families and things like that. But when it comes to sending out Christmas cards, I no, I don't. I'm just I'm terrible at it. I don't do it. I'm, I we both apologize. are, which is a tragedy because we have three wonderfully cute dogs that would go great on a Christmas card. Oh, I'm like, they can't write. <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind. Just send out a paw print that's <laughs> of families and friends. Guess which paw this is. <laughs> um Thank you notes. I'm terrible at like I'll, I'll call, I'll shoot a text, but like as far as sending a stationery, I am the worst, and I apologize. I, I continue to apologize, and I will always apologize. It's just, some people are great at it. I I'm, I'm not. Um, however, a few years ago when I had this group, what I did was I asked everybody for their address and um, just like the uh, the names of the people that they lived with. And I told them, I promise I won't stalk you or send like a SWAT team to your house, that sort of thing. And so what I did was I wrote thank you notes to their families um, for the holidays, right before the holidays started, because we were going to be busy. And I already knew it was going to be long hours. And the, the team and I had all discussed, really, like we had a full conversation of what that's going to look like. How do we make sure we don't get burned out? What are your plans for your store and your location so that everybody in your on your team is taken care of and and we're all just like healthy at the end of this and thriving at the end of this right but at the same time i'm thinking this affects their family too and if the team is committing to if i need to i'll do this but here's my contingency plan and that sort of thing but there are times when they're they're just going to be away from family i wrote their families a thank you note personally from me and sent it out to every single family and uh, some of them still stay in touch with me to this day, their family. <laughs> some of them are like, I've never in my life received a letter from the boss of my spouse, of my child, of my sibling, of whoever, um, thanking me for being patient and for being understanding and for supporting this person as they go out and give their best to their teams and to their customers. And now, I'm not saying this is something that should be done by every employer. What I'm suggesting is what are you doing outside the box to show value to your people so that they realize, hey, I'm not just a number. They're not just asking me to do this to bring in, in the ROI. Ultimately, yes. Is that a goal of a business? For sure. You know, a business needs revenue to survive so it can pay its employees and that sort of thing. And the employee is there because hopefully they care about their team or they care about what they're doing and and that sort of thing. Um, but when you sit there and you truly are passionate about taking the person that is in your charge to the next level, 
they will take their services to the next level. And then it just brings you to the next level because you're so inspired by their passion and it continues to grow both of you in this like ping pong sort of way, but where you're going up, not like side to side. Does that make sense? Like if you're ping ponging against wall to wall and the ping pong, the little ball is going like left to right, but it's working its way diagonally up. That's how you guys keep elevating each other, right? As opposed to just across a table and you just stay at the same spot because one is not willing to give. Yeah, I think the um, the card is a good example of a non-monetary thing that has value because um, I would oh, not... Oh, no, stamps went up. <laughs> stamps <laughs> well, cost money unless you get forever stamps. I'm just kidding. I'm just well, kidding. What, I'm, what I'm saying okay, is yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those people still have that on their fridge because it's an acknowledgement that you didn't have to do this, but you did, and it helped the team, and it helped the company, and this is how, and we're thankful for that. Um, so it, it, it's a really good point because some leaders do not have um, agency, and they don't have, like, the ability to say, well, I'm going to pay you this much extra if you stay extra. No, what they do have is ego and entitlement. And the thought process is, I don't have to do what you did because I got to my role because I did what you did. When really it should be, I still wouldn't do, I wouldn't ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. And I think the, the major takeaway here is that if you do have a team that is willing to have your, uh, it's not really having your back, but is willing to put in work that is outside of what's expected of them, that helps you get from point A to point B, you should be willing to acknowledge that in some way. Um, whether it's something that you have the ability to do by uh, adjusting compensation, or whether it's something as little as, you know, taking the humble approach and saying, hey, I know you didn't have to do this, but I appreciate you. I had um, at, at one of the contracted roles that I had in the training session that I was providing, we were discussing um, employees that kind of fit what we're talking about, like the, the ones that are always doing their best, that are going above and beyond, that get the best results and how they should be rewarded for their performance, right? And, you know, I, I looked around the room at, at the leaders and none of them could define what that top performance could be that would justify uh, anything extra. Because anybody that met the goals was considered a top performer versus the people that were there that were still trying. So let me give you an example. So um, I shared with them, okay, so you have a list of employees and they each make a certain amount of money, right? You have Joe over here that makes, you know, let's say just for sake of argument, uh, $4,000 in sales this week, right? And you have Joanne that makes uh, $1,000 this week. Which one is the top performer? And everybody's like, Joe. And I'm like, okay, why? And they're like, because of the amount of money that he brought in. I said, okay. Said Joe worked 80 hours and Joanne worked 20 hours. Now who's the top performer? Right? Who's working smarter? Who's working harder? How do you decide 
like which one is the top performer and which one like what are the qualifications and how do you justify that gap like what what are your kpis on that and nobody could decide what was going to be the thing that made somebody better than somebody else and yet nobody is rewarding the person that comes in and works smarter not harder like joanne in that example right in 20 hours she made the thousand dollars um but is not considered a top performer because the number wasn't high enough yet she's coming in she's doing her job in 20 hours but because she's not working longer hours and making more she's the quiet quitter yeah and you know i think we have to stop labeling things we have to stop labeling the great resignation because it's all on the employees and not on the employers because what's happening now people a bunch of companies are laying people off because people are able to go to stores now they're not doing as much internet shopping so the internet companies don't need as much payroll they don't need as many employees because they don't have as much volume but there's no term for that of the layoff it's not the great layoff that's happening right because you don't want to freak people out with the stock market and all this other stuff peloton laid a bunch of people off you have like other companies that are laying people off left and right but no when employees do it when they decide i'm not going back to the office it's the great resignation when employees decide to give just what's expected because they realize that's what their employers are doing oh then they're quiet quitters it's it's not fair to not address that corporations have a huge role in this and that this is a reflection of the result not the reflection of the catalyst and the catalyst is leadership and corporations and what they need to do is look at what's our plan for change so that we don't have quiet quitters so that we don't have to keep labeling our employees and so that we don't get labeled as like the big monster companies that are just like you know do as i say or you'll get fired or like you know the great oz or that sort of thing um because they're going to be really shocked and uh you know they're going to be called history and that's going to be their term for their business so let us know what you guys think um go to tiff's TikTok, v t-h-e underscore i-o underscore shrink on TikTok, and look for the uh, relevant video for this specific episode and leave a comment um we're very curious we're very curious to your thoughts regardless of what side of the aisle you fall on and, and where you are in this experience whether you're part of leadership or you're an employee or both join us next tuesday on any podcast platform where we continue to take you from grade to greater with tiffany rufino mm-hmm.